This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. You receive from the Lord. I'll tell you what, uh, I think that uh, you're going to get something out of today, and it's going to be good, so we're just going to start with prayer, and uh, we'll get into it. Father, we just come before you today, and we thank you so much for this time that we have to come uh, and receive from you, Father. Our expectation is that you will speak to us, that you will show us, that you will open up the eyes of our understanding today, helping us to see uh, the great plan and purpose that you have for our lives. We thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, I hope you guys got, a, got some notes or got something to write with because uh, last week we began a series entitled Character is King. And uh, if you weren't here last week, I'd encourage you to go back and and watch that. Um, we had a lot of stuff going last week. So we did a baby dedication, we did a message, we did a baptism, and there was a lot of information that went out. But uh, you know, the, this, this uh, idea and subject of character is one that really the Lord, I believe, put on my heart uh, back at the beginning of August uh, concerning our church, concerning our small groups, concerning our lives, because I believe that, that uh, the Lord is wanting to do a work within us to help us. And, uh, and I believe that it's going to come through the avenue of, of character. And, uh, and so many of our small groups have actually started, uh, or actually they're starting today. But if you didn't sign up and you want to be a part of that, I would encourage you to go out to the table, find a group. It's not too late. Don't believe the lie that it's too late. I've missed the boat. I can't be a part. Listen, you can be a part at any point. You can step into those, uh, into those homes into those environments and you can be a part of what it is that God wants to do because um, I believe that the enemy uses simple little things to restrict us from stepping into what it is that he has. He, he, he causes us to make excuses and keep us from God's best. And so, uh, you know, if you haven't signed up, I encourage you to sign up and don't worry about the fact that uh, there might be too many people in the group. Uh, I think last year at one point in one of our meetings, we had like 43 people in the house. So, you know, it's okay if it's a mid-sized group. Uh, the, the big point is, is just you being a part of what it is that's going on. And so, you know, we began last week talking about the fact that character is king. And uh, we, we talked about this fact that your destiny, it depends on your character. And that your character is your distinct quality. It's your, it's your mark. It's, it's how you are known. And uh, we also talked about the fact that your choices and your habits, what it is that you do over and over and over again, makes up your character. How many of you in here could, could use some character adjustment, myself included? We can all adjust our character. We can all grow in our character. But the thing is, is that we have to understand that our actions are the real indicator of our character. What we, what we do is, our, is the real indicator. And we also, and really this was kind of the main point that we talked about last week is, is that you and I will never rise above the limitation of our character. And really that's, I believe that's really the heart of our father is, is that many of us are limited 
in reaching the destiny that he has for our life. And so I think that through these small groups and through some of these sermons that we're preaching, that that the Lord is going to speak to you and to I about these issues, about these character flaws and these things that we need to address. Why? Because he loves us and he wants us to go up in, 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 in our walk with him. He wants us to move to a higher level. He wants us to fulfill destiny. And we know that if our character uh, is, is low and we have flaws, it's going to limit that. And so that was really what we talked about. Uh, we looked at the fact that character is what makes for smooth travels in our lives. And, and so I don't know about you, but I want my life to, I understand that there's gonna be challenges. I understand there's gonna be things that, that, that are not easy, but man, if I have character and I'm walking with character, I'm, I'm promised that I'm gonna have smooth travels. That means it's not gonna be tough, but I'm gonna have smooth travels. And so today, I wanna just jump into just a continuation of this idea of, of what character is. And in your notes, the first point that we're, we're making here today is, is that the goal uh, is really to have the character of Christ. I touched on this last week, that, that we all should be taking steps, we all should be moving forward or, or, or taking steps of obedience in our lives. Uh, we looked at Romans 8.29 and it says that, that God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son. Did you know that? That God chose you and I and he, he wants us as believers to become like Jesus. He wants us to become like his son. And, and that is our character. And so we have, to, we have to look to a life where we're growing, where we're changing, where we're developing, where we are being transformed into Christ's character. And, and that isn't something that's gonna happen overnight. It's a process. We're not gonna get it perfect, but, but by his strength and by his ability, he's gonna help us. It's just a matter of us putting that at the forefront of our mind in our heart that that's, that's the goal. That's what we want to do is have the character of Christ. We want to walk like him. We want to talk like him. We want to live like Christ. That is our goal. And our character really should mirror that of Jesus. So when you look at, at the gospels and you look at the life of Jesus, your life should mirror that of Jesus. The character that he had, the things that he did, the way that he walked, the, the, the things that he did is, is, is what our life should exemplify. But, but we have to understand that character is, it, it takes development. It takes maturity. And that, as I said before, it is a process. You know, as I think about this, I think that some people are unaware of the fact that they need to grow. Some people are just, you know, maybe they're a new believer and you don't know, you know, everything that is is contained within the Bible, but the Bible talks about the fact that we need to grow, that we need to mature, that that we need to be in process. I think some people, they're, they're aware of the fact that they need to mature, but they just choose not to. They just choose to not do what it is that they need to do. They choose to not obey. I think some people grow to a place where maybe they've chosen to do for a while, but then they come to a place in their life where they're aware of the fact that they need to grow spiritually, but they become lax. They become, you know, they draw back and they, and they don't, uh, you know, I guess you could say 
we're lazy at times. And so we, we think that, that spiritual growth and spiritual maturity isn't that important. Uh, and I think that others are aware and they just continue to take steps forward in growing their maturity, growing their, their development in Christ and their character. You remember what Paul said to uh, the church at Ephesus? He told them in Ephesians to no longer be like children. He told them to mature. He said, listen, you guys need to grow up. Yeah, that's what he said. And, and he also said to the church in Corinth, he, he told them, he said to them that they used to speak like children. They used to think like children. And they used to reason like children. And he said that he put away childish things. So here we see two different things where Paul said to the church at Ephesus, he said to the church at Corinth, listen, spiritual growth, maturity, character development is important. And so we as believers need to be moving forward in our development, moving forward in the development of our lives spiritually. If you're not, you need to begin to pick that up and do that again. His desire is that we are maturing in godly character. And, and you know, we touched on this last week, but I, I, wanna, I wanna speak to it again, that we are absolutely limited by our character. As mothers, as fathers, as husbands, as wives, in jobs, in our careers, if we own businesses, in finance, in homes, uh, as leaders, we will never rise above the limitation of our character. And so it's, it's imperative, it's imperative, no matter where we're at in life, if we work for a company or we own a business, a husband or wife, it doesn't matter. We need to be looking to the Lord for that growth, for that development, for, for his, his guidance in that, because he wants to take us to another level in our lives. And, and, um, and it's done through this, this avenue of our character. Every area of our life is capped it's limited by our character. And so if we work to develop character, we can move forward. We can go to greater levels of blessing and freedom in our lives and usefulness. And I don't know about you, but, but I wanna do that. I don't wanna stay at one level. I don't wanna get to heaven and he, and he show me some other things that I could have done. And then he, he, he tells me that, you know, what happened was is that I was dealing with you in this area. I was dealing with you to change in this area. And when you would have done that, I could have taken you to here. Because that's going to be disappointing. And I don't want to be disappointed when I get to heaven. I want to be, I mean, I'm sure that by and large, I'm going to be happy. We're all going to be happy. But man, I mean, it, when it comes to fulfilling God's destiny for our lives as individuals, as a church, as a body of believers, I don't want him to get to, to, get to heaven and say, man, you guys could have made some adjustments and gone to this level and had this influence and done this. I don't know about you, but that's kind of what I want. I want to make sure that I'm fulfilling destiny. And so today though, I want to talk to you about something that, that, that uh, it's a little bit challenging, but it's good because uh, you need to be aware that your character will be tested. Did you know that? That your character, what it is, who it is that you are, the mark that you have in life is going to be tested. And so, you know, uh, this testing of character is what we're going to talk to, talk to you about today. You know, uh, years ago, actually, actually this, this illustration came to me and I was like, I can't even believe I did this. But years ago, my mom and dad bought Rachel and I, now this, this is gonna date me, but I'm still really, really young. Just want y'all to know that. But my mom and dad bought Rachel and I a TV, a Sony 
Trinitron tube 36-inch TV. You guys are laughing, but this thing was ginormous. I mean, it took four grown men to carry this thing. And so we took this thing down in our basement. We put it up against the wall and we didn't have a finished basement at the time. And, and Rachel and I are kind of looking at it because we're dreaming, you know, we're looking at what we want to do. We want to finish the basement. And we, f- we finished the basement around uh, a 36-inch Trinitron TV. That is ridiculous. But anyway, so we're sitting there and I had the TV pushed up against the wall and I, I pulled something, probably a box or a, something, a tub, and I sat down up against this brick wall that was in the middle of the room. And I was like, Rach, I don't even need the remote. My arm is long enough to change the channel on this TV because the TV is so big and this area is so small. And so we got the wild idea. I'm like, well, we just need to take out this, this giant cinder block wall that's in the middle of our basement so that I can use the remote and not have to just reach out and change the channel on the TV. Isn't that that's like the most ridiculous thing. I think about that now, I'm like, what was I thinking? But anyway, that's not the point of the story. That's just the background. The point of the story is, is that I'll never forget when we made this decision, I built two walls on either side of the basement down, down the length of the house to support the house, okay? Because I'm fixing to take out the main supporting wall in the middle of the house. And so I build these two, two by four walls and I, you know, I brace it all up and I start taking this block wall out. And I mean to tell you, there was serious nervousness on my part when I started breaking this wall out. But my gosh, the thing didn't fall down. And so we go and we find this I-beam and, and I had done some calling and some research and I figured out where, what kind of I-beam I needed and made sure I had the right thing. And uh, I was so cheap, I went to a bridge company and I found a used I-beam and we've, we drug this thing out of a pile and we took it in there. A bunch of my friends in the church here came to our house and we took the I-beam through this little window and put it inside the thing and we put it up there. And the next, this was really, really, this was really, really nervous because I'm like, okay, this whole plan is coming together and I really hope this works. I really hope the house doesn't fall down. I really hope that the the walls don't crack because I'm about ready to apply some serious pressure to this eight inch beam. And so sure enough, we put this beam in there and I start taking this thing down and I actually, I strung a line across because I was like, I just wanted to make sure that there's no movement. I'm gonna put it on two fixed points and make sure that there's no movement because I'm going to remove these temporary walls and the pressure is going to be applied to this I-beam. And so sure enough, I take it down and the beam didn't move. That was close. So then we had a small group a few, few weeks later, we had like 18 or 20 people upstairs in the living room right on top of this I-beam. And I'm like, the next test. And so I go down there and I'm like looking at this string like very, very intently. I'm just like, and, and, and wouldn't you know it, that thing just barely moved. But my point is, is that there was pressure that was applied to that I-beam. And our character, the character that you and I have, how we're known, the mark that we have, there is gonna be pressure that is applied to our character. And we're gonna talk about that today because, because I just want you to know the pressure is fixing to come. Okay, I know that might be a southern term. That means the pressure is on its way. 
that's going to test your character. Romans 8, or I'm sorry, Romans 5 and 3 says that we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they are good for us and that they help us to learn to be patient. The patience develops strength of character in us, and it helps us to trust God more each time that we use it until finally our hope and our faith are strong and ready. And so what we see here, guys, is is that we're gonna run into trials. There's gonna be uh, uh, problems. There's gonna be pressure that is applied to our lives. And so, but these problems, they develop our character. And it, and, it, and it truly is the testing of our character. And so today what I wanna do is I wanna look at the life of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Or you could say Daniel and friends, right? Because these guys, these guys, when you look at their life, I would just encourage you to go home, read Daniel 1, 2, and 3 in the message version, and it will help you to clearly see the pressure that was applied to their character. And, and I mean, you really need to like put yourself in the story. Put yourself right next to these men. Think about the, the context of what it is. We're gonna look at it in depth because I believe that there are three uh, uh, pressures that were applied to their character. And we're gonna look at those today, but I would encourage you to go home and read it because it will help you, it will help fortify your own character. It will help you to examine if your character has flaws, if your character is weak, Uh, uh, maybe you would ask the question, would I fare as well? And so today we see that, that, you know, in the life of Daniel and and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I'm just going to say Daniel and friends, they exemplified true godly character. And we see the testing of their character, even in the midst of extremely difficult and challenging and pressure, they maintained godly character. And so we're gonna look here at, the, uh, at three because I believe that we're all pressed in life. Our, our lives are pressed in different times, different seasons, different ways, we are absolutely uh, pressed. And so, uh, you know, what we see here in Daniel 1 is, is that that uh, King Nebuchadnezzar comes into power and he begins to, uh, uh, he basically goes and he invades the, the, the Jewish people in, in Jerusalem and Judah. He, he, he gets his army, he goes down there and he just, just obliterates everything. And it says that what he did was is that he took the, the most talented, the most gifted and the most good looking people and he left the ones that, that, that served no purpose, and what he did is, is that he would allow them to just take the land. And what that did is, is it created loyalty amongst the people that were conquered because they, they were, it was just kind of a free-for-all and they were just allowed to do whatever it is that they wanted to do. And so, so in, this, in this taking, in this capturing, or in this captivity when King Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were, were four of these individuals that were captured. And they were taken back to, to, to Babylon as, as captives. And, and, uh, and what we see is, is that the first thing that happens when they come back is, is that King Nebuchadnezzar's and the, and the people that are in power, they change their names. They changed their names to a different name to to begin this process of acclimating them to the Babylonian culture and and, and helping them to, you know, if if they could identify with the Babylonian name, they would begin this process was their hope. And so what we see here in this is, is that we see this first area of pressure is that they were pressed to conform. They were pressed 
to conform. And, 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 and I put right next to it because I think that this kind of goes along and it'll help you. It, 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 they were pressed to conform, but they were per, uh, pressed in what they believed. Their, their belief system, what they, what they um, knew to be true in Jewish ways, Jewish culture. Uh, um, Daniel uh, was learned, it, it's said that he read of Jeremiah, so he was learned in the things of the Lord. And, 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 and so what we see is this beginning process of being pressed to conform in the way that they think. And, 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 and that's the beginning process for all of us as believers, whether you realize it or not, that the enemy will begin to challenge what we think. Why? Because what we think is what we end up believing. The, what you meditate on and what you begin to think about, you begin to think, right? I mean, I have friends that are Nebraska fans and they've been thinking for years that they're gonna be the national championship. Guess what? The party's over, okay? They believe it in their heart, but it's just not gonna happen. Get it? If you think it, and you think it. And I got people that, you know, they're Kansas City fans. They think the same way. Their believing is way off. <laughs> well, that's hilarious. I got an amen, and then I got to wait a minute. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Okay, so this pressure to conform, this pressure to change the way that they believe. And so the Babylonians, they did everything they could to get these, these, these Jewish people to begin to accept, uh, 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 eat the food and begin to drink what it is that they drank and study in their schools and learn their system and integrate into their way of life. Why? Because they wanted them to join into and accept the culture of Babylon. That was the main goal, that was the main purpose. And so we can see that the Babylonians wanted the Jewish people to think like them. Can I tell you that in this, in this world in which we live, the world and the enemy wants us to think like them. They absolutely do. And, and, and so we have to be on our guard. We have to be on our guard when it comes to the way that we think because I mean to tell you, it is, it is the beginning. It's the beginning steps to, to being limited in our destiny. It's, it's the beginning. And, and, and so if, if you're one that your thinking is not correct and it does not line up with the word of God, you have to go back to the word and you have to get your thinking lined up with the word of God because it absolutely determines what you believe. It determines whether you think that he is the God of all hope. It determines whether or not he's the God of healing. He's the God that will supply your needs. It determines everything in your life, all on what happens up here. And so we see the Babylonians, man, they're trying with everything they can to get them to think this way. And so if they could get them to think like them, then they could have got them to believe like them. The devil wants you to conform. Did you know that? The world that is around you wants you to conform. Can I say one more thing? There are believers, Christians, that want you to conform. They want you to think like they think. It's dangerous. That one is dangerous because what you will see is, is you'll see people that, that have stopped. They've stopped transforming, they've stopped growing. Uh, 
they have been conformed to the world that is around them. They have justified actions, they've justified behaviors, they've justified ways of living. And what they do is, is that if you're not on your guard and you don't know the word of God and you don't know what it has to say, they're gonna apply pressure to your character. And if you are not strong in your character and in what it is that you, will, that what you believe, you will begin to think like them. You will begin to conform to their way. And it's not just overnight. This is a slow, subtle pressure that is applied to our lives that if we're not careful, you fast forward a few years down the road and you will find yourself conforming to something that you never dreamed in a million years that you would conform to. And so we have to be on our guard, just as these guys were. Look what Daniel did, Daniel 1.8. But Daniel, listen, let's put it in context. Daniel is a captive. He, is, he has been captured. He is, there is massive amounts of pressure being applied to this young man's life. I mean, he could have been killed. The, the Nebuchadnezzar could have said, I don't like this guy, he's out. These, these four guys, take them away, kill them because they're not doing what it is that, that they're not thinking like we're thinking. They're not doing what we want. They don't want to eat our food. They don't want to do any of this. They don't want to conform to society and to our culture, so off with them. But he didn't. Look what Daniel said. <coughs> Daniel said, Daniel made up his mind. He made up his mind not to eat the food and the wine given to them by the king. Daniel made up his mind. Daniel didn't care. Daniel did not care about what it was that was going on around him. I mean, massive amounts of pressure being applied to this man's life. But he just said within his heart, he's like, I know who I am and I know whose I am. I know who I belong to and he made up his mind because Daniel means, his name actually means God is my judge. And I mean to tell you, if we would walk through life thinking that, that way, that no matter what pressure, no matter who's applying pressure to our lives to conform, if we would just say, you know what? God is my judge. We would walk differently, we would think differently, we would act differently, we would live differently. We wouldn't care what, I, well, I guess they're doing it, so I'll do it. No, that's not how we would live. We would just say, well, you know what? God's my judge. I'm gonna stand before him. I'm given an account. I live according to him. He made up his mind. And so my question to you is, is have you made up your mind in your life, in your character, in the things that, the pressures that will come to you through family, through the job place, through social settings? There is pressure that is coming. The question is, is have you made up your mind? Man, Daniel was strong in the fact that he had made up his mind. I'm sure, you know, we don't see it in, this, in Daniel 1, 2, and 3, but I guarantee you there were other Jewish kids and, and, and people, young people, that were brought to the Babylonian company. We, we don't see it, but I guarantee you, man, these people buckled under the pressure just, just, just big time. But we don't see that. But they came into that, that environment and their character, the pressure was applied to them through, through what they, you know, and, and they just conformed and they began to do and follow all of the, the culture and the things that they were doing. But not, Sha, not Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
We got three chapters, man, and actually there's more. We got three chapters that outline their lives and tell stories of them standing up to and not conforming to the culture of the Babylonians. And so, have you made up your mind to not conform to the world around you, just as Daniel made up his mind and refused to conform. You know, look at what Romans 12, 2 says. You guys know what this scripture says. It says, don't, this is Paul talking. He says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. Look at what it says in the message version. It says, take your everyday life, your ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, place it into God, uh, before God as an offering. Look at this, it says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Have you become well adjusted to the culture that is around you? We should never, we should never be adjusted to the culture that is around us. Now, I'm not speaking uh, uh, about this, but you know what's amazing about this is that even though Daniel and, the, and his friends were in this culture, I mean, just they didn't serve God, they didn't honor God, they didn't love God, there's all kinds of, of, of worldliness going on in, in this Babylonian country. But you know what? What's amazing is, is that Daniel flourished in a land and in a culture and in a society that didn't honor God. And the same thing is true for you and I as believers, that we can, we can make up our mind. We can make up our mind to say, I'm not gonna conform. I'm gonna be just like Daniel and his friends. And, 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 and you know what? I'm gonna flourish, even in the midst of what it is going on. I think sometimes as believers, we think that we have to conform in order to have fun, or in order to be accepted, or in order to enjoy life, or in enjoy, enjoy anything. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Because we see in the life of these guys, man, they flourished. God, God honored them. They, they, were, they were promoted. I mean, to, to second and third in command. And I think sometimes in our mind we think, well, if I, if I conform, then I'll get, the, I'll get the raise. Or if I conform, then I'll, I'll, I'll be you know, given the promotion. Or if I, you know, just take it in, in whatever area you want that we think that, well, if I conform, this will give me what it is that I want. When in reality, that's just man's own effort and own striving. But man, if we just honor God and say, you know what, I, I made up my mind. I don't care what's going on. I don't care what my boss believes. I don't care you know, what's going on in my family. We're gonna live for God. We're gonna do this. We're gonna live this way. We're gonna serve the Lord and we're gonna trust him. And man, he will take care of you through it all. He did for them. And so make sure, as we read there in Romans 12, that we're not adjusting to the culture. Readily recognize what he wants from you and be quick to respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. Huh, that's funny. Didn't we start that with that at the beginning? We talked about the fact that we're supposed to have Christ-like character, that we're supposed to, as Paul said, grow up, be growing, be maturing, be advancing. He's saying the same thing, that the world that's around us that's trying to conform us is actually gonna bring us down in our maturity. If we conform, if we become well-adjusted, we are coming down to their level. 
of immaturity. It's like we were an adult, we were mature, we were living for God, and what happens is, is when we become well-adjusted, what happens? It's like we get demoted. We become immature again. Be doing childish things and having childish ways. Man, this was good, Brian. (laughs) You either conform to the world or you are being transformed. If transformation is not taking place in your life, you are conforming to the world around you. So in your notes, be transformed or you will conform. Be transformed or you will conform. What does that mean? It means do what the Bible says. We have to feed ourselves on the word of God to grow, to, to, to mature. You know, coming to church is, it's part of the equation, but it is not the, the big part. The big part is feeding yourself. I mean, how many of you guys ate breakfast? How many of you guys are gonna eat lunch? How many of you guys are gonna eat supper? How many of you guys are gonna have a snack in between? I am. What are we doing? We're feeding the natural man. And a lot of times, we give the natural man three, four, five meals and a snack every day. <laughs> And we starve our spirit man. Why? Because we go to church once a week. And if we make it three times a month, we basically got fed three times. Guess what? That isn't enough. You want to grow and you want to mature and you don't want to conform and you want to you live for God and reach your destiny. Friend, it's going to take more than that. It's going to take a feeding. It's going to take, you know, looking at his word daily renewing your mind. We'll look at this scripture later, but when you go into this world, the world is working to conform you, conform you, conform you. Believe like us, think like us, believe like us, think like us. It's a a cycle every day. What you listen to on the radio, what you see here on the TV, what your people around you talk about, why? Because these people are not renewed to the word of God. And so, so what's coming out of their mouth it's not transforming you as a believer. It's not causing you to grow and, and be raised up into spiritual maturity and godly character, amen? And so it's just imperative that maintaining godly character requires us to win the battle in our mind and in our heart. In our mind and in our heart, why? Because our thinking, our mind is where thinking takes place. And it starts here and it moves to here and you believe that in your heart. I, I think we could go around the room with a microphone and talk about things that people believe that are not biblically based. Why? Because we, we spend years and years listening to what other people think to be truth, think to be right, and what ends up happening is, is it becomes something that we believe down on the inside, in our heart. And so we have to begin to wash our mind so that we can change the way that we believe, change the way that we think, and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God wants to heal me. He wants to prosper me. He will not leave me. He will not forsake me. All of the things that the Bible has to say, we gotta get that down on the inside of us. And it's a continual process that has to be taking place in our lives. So what's the Holy Spirit saying to you? What way of thinking and believing is he challenging you to change today? The word is the primary tool that he uses to challenge your wrong thinking. So you need to get, you gotta get in the book and say, God, challenge my thinking today. And he will challenge your thinking. And when you do that day after day after day, you begin 
to change the way you think and change the way that you believe. And so, you know, these, these uh, uh, Daniel and his friends, they basically, they made up their mind. We're not gonna do this. We're not gonna live this way. And so what they did is, is they said, we're not gonna eat your food. We're not gonna eat your, drink your drink. We're gonna, we're gonna eat vegetable and water for 10 days. And we'll prove to you that we are better looking and smarter than you all. That's what they said. That's exactly what they said. And what, what's amazing about it is, is, is that, that that pressure was being applied to their character. And they stood up. They made up their mind and they stood up. They stood up to these people that were in power and they said, you can do that, but we're gonna do this. Now they did it in wisdom. They did it, you know, they weren't angry. They didn't, you know, swing a sword or anything like, well, maybe they did, I don't know. But, you know, the point is, is that they just said, hey, can we, we wanna do this, we'll prove to you. And what ended up happening was is that, that God gave them the ability to learn quickly. He gave them the ability, uh, Daniel, the ability to understand dreams. And so what we see is, is that God rewards character. When the pressure is applied to the, to the character of your life and you stand strong, just like that I-beam in that, in that house, and you don't move, and you stand, you know, according to the character that you have and what it is that you believe and what it is that you know to be true by the word of God. He will absolutely honor that in your life. King Nebuchadnezzar was impressed by their wisdom. It says that they were 10 times smarter. How many of you guys wanna be 10 times smarter than the people that you work with? Some of you guys are thinking, I already am. <laughs> well, that's because you're, you might have good character. You might be honoring God with your life. So King Nebuchadnezzar, though, he has this dream. And that's what takes us to our second point is, is that he has this dream. And, and basically, none of the people, the astrologers and the magicians and the people that, that, that were around him in his life could interpret this dream. And man, he is mad. He's so mad. And he's like, that's it. We're just gonna kill all these wise people around me. And, and Daniel's like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's okay, let's back up the train. Nobody wants to, nobody's gotta die today. And so what he did is he said, listen, just give me a little bit of time. I'll, I will get you the answer that you need. And so what did he do? He went home and he prayed with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their character knew that in a time when there was pressure being applied to their lives, it wasn't, it wasn't you know, changing the, you know, they weren't just saying what it is that the king wanted to, to hear. No, man, they were depending on the godly character that was in their life, and that leads us to this point that they were pressed to answer. They were pressed to give an answer by the king. You will be pressed to answer in your life. You will be pressed to speak in your speaking, the words that are coming out of your mouth. You and I are going to be pressed to speak. And so Daniel, however, didn't just say what the king wanted to hear. It says in Daniel 20, 14, that Daniel handed it with great wisdom. And so we see that wisdom follows character. Man, when we're, when we're a person of character and integrity and we're living for God, man, it's gonna bring wisdom into our life because God is going to honor that in your life. And so we asked for some time. They went and sought God and God came through and gave them the answer. He gave the meaning of the dream to Daniel. And so Daniel went and he told him, he said, listen, you know, you're just, you're, God's given you this, all this power, this ability, the authority, but guess what? Your kingdom is gonna be crushed by one. It's gonna be crushed by another. It's gonna be crushed by another. But all of the kingdoms of this world, they stand nothing compared to the kingdom of God. And so 
And so he gave him that interpretation. And so, you know, in our lives, when we're pressured to conform or we're pressured to speak, we must seek God for the answer in prayer. There's gonna be times, guys, where, where in your life, at work, you won't know what to do because you're gonna be put into a very uh, a difficult situation where you're, you're challenged because of what you believe. And, 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 and if you go the way that, that you're being pressured to go, it's gonna go against what it is that is in your heart, your conscience, the, the guide of your life. And so my, 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 my encouragement to you is to not go to people. I think a lot of times, I, I, and you know, I know the Bible says to go and talk to people and get godly counsel, that's absolutely true. But the first thing that you and I need to do is we gotta go to our Heavenly Father, just like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they went and they prayed. And, and, and say, God, I am in this situation where pressure is being applied to my character. I, I wanna honor you, I wanna, I wanna do this, but, but this is a tough situation, and, 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 and explain it to him. And when you do that, you're inviting him into the situation. And he will open up doors, he'll, he'll close doors, he'll move people, he'll, he'll shift things. Why? Because you prayed, because you invited him, because you asked him to be a part of what it is. And, and if he doesn't do that, he'll give you the wisdom, what it is to say, how it is to say it. He'll, you know, he'll help you in, the, in the, the, the delivery of what it is that you need to say. And you'll come out on top. He'll honor you because, we, because you seeked him uh, for an answer in prayer. In pressure, in pressure to conform, in pressure to speak, we fear what others, people, peers, friends, family, fellow believers will think. That's what we do, we fear. It, it, it's, it's, it's the, when the pressure is applied, fear then comes. We have a choice. We have a choice if that is what we're going to live by. Am I going to conform out of fear, or am I going to be like Daniel and his friends and say, nope, I got one person that I answer to, and that is my King of Kings and my Lord of Lords. He's the King of my life. He's the one that's directing me. He's the one that's leading me. He's the one that put the Holy Spirit inside of me. He's the one that gave me a conscience. He's the one that's speaking to me right in here. And I am not, I refuse to, to, to bow. I refuse to conform. I refuse to speak the way that everybody around me is speaking. And I think that the problem is is that we often seek others for that answer. I alluded that, that before, but that's man's wisdom. You know, and I've, done, I've, done, I've made that mistake in my own life where, where I need an answer, I don't know what to do. It's like I forget the book of James and the book of Proverbs, you know, to ask for wisdom. And so what do you do? You start going to people. You go to family, you go to friends, you go to people that you respect, saying, you know, what would you do? What do you do? What would you do? I mean, it just flat wears you out. And you still don't know if you got the right thing rolling, you know? It's like, oh. No, you gotta go and you gotta pray. So it doesn't matter what others believe, right? That was the first pressure that the Daniel and the guys, it doesn't matter what other people believe. It doesn't matter what other people are saying. It, it only matters what it is that he told you to do. And this leads us to the third point is this, Daniel 3. And this is really where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego come in. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue, 90 feet tall and, and 90 feet wide, and set it on the plain of Dura. He sent a message to all the high officials and officers like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and all these guys. And uh, he said, 
come to this, to this uh, statue. We're gonna uh, just you know, honor it. So all these officials came. Notice that. They all came. All the officials came and stood before the statue of the, uh, the king set up. And then they herald out people of all races and nations and the language. Listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of all of those instruments, bow to the ground and worship. Bow to the ground and worship. The golden statue, anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown. That's the, next, the third pressure that we, we see applied to our character, and that is the pressure we're pressed to worship. We're pressed to worship. And really, worship is, is defined as that we give our deepest affections and highest praises to. There are things in your life that you give your deepest affections and your highest praise to. We could, we could, if you sit there and you think about it, there are things that you worship. And really the Bible talks about that as idolatry, which we don't really have time to get into. But this pressure to worship in, in Daniel and Matt, uh, the, the boys was their actions. Because they're saying, when you hear this, you're gonna act, you're gonna, you're gonna bow your knee. And I think that this, this point right here is probably the biggest that's gonna be the biggest challenge in our lives. Because you know, we can be challenged in our thinking, but you can walk away from that and say like, ah, they, they, they're, they're goofy, they think weird, I'm not gonna think like that, right? We can hold our tongue, as the Bible tells us to, you know, so that's, that, that's maybe not as challenging, but I mean this one right here, where pressure is applied to our life to act and to give our deepest affection and our highest praise, that's where the rubber meets the road, friend. And so, what do you give your deepest affection to? That is what you are worshiping. What do you care the most about? What is it that has your undivided attention? Your kids, your hobbies, your work, your spouse, your career, what is it? What's giving you, what, what are you giving your deepest affections to? Exodus 20 verse three says that you must not have any other gods before me. That's what God said. And so Daniel's character would not allow him to give up his highest praise or his deepest affection. He, he remember at the beginning, he made up his mind. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they made up their mind. They said, nope, we're not doing this. You're not getting our action. You're not getting our worship. You're not getting our deepest affection. And so we have to remember that character is what you do over and over again. Your actions and your character cannot be separated. And so if, if your life is acting in the wrong way, you gotta change that. You gotta begin to change those actions so that, that your character can change. People around you will bow. I just wanna get that out there for everybody that's here today, this, this wonderful group of people. You, you have to leave this place knowing that people around you will bow. Just get ready. The pressure of life will squeeze them, the pressure of peers will squeeze them, and the strength of their character will be tested. People who are close will bow. People who you love will bow. People you think highly of will bow. People who are leaders will bow. 
So the question is, will you bow? When the people that are around you bow. Thank God Daniel and his friends did not bow. I guarantee you they had friends, loved ones, people that they respected and honor that bowed. But the question is, is will you bow? And, and, and the other question I have is, is have you bowed? Have you conformed in belief? Have you conformed in your talking? Have you conformed in your actions? Can those that are around you see a difference between you and the world that surrounds us? Do you stand out or do you like or do you look like the world that is around you? God didn't call us to that. Not as believers. He did not call us to look like the world. He did not call us to that, guys. And you know, I, you know, I don't even really honestly as your pastor, I don't, if you're sitting there today and you're thinking, man, I have absolutely conformed, it's okay. Because today is the day that you can change that. You can, you can begin to, to make steps in the right direction. I don't even care. I don't care how much you've conformed. I, I, all I care really about is, is that in these last days, you just make up your mind. I'm not gonna conform. I'm not gonna conform in my thinking and in my believing and in my speaking and in my actions. I'm gonna live for him. I'm gonna, in, I am gonna be a modern day Daniel. I'm gonna be a modern day Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In these last days, I am going to stand like these men stood in, in a perverse society. It says that Daniel lived in that society for 69 years. And so for you and I as believers, I mean, we don't even have the same kind of pressure that Daniel had. And so, for you and I, we don't have to conform. We don't have to live like the, the world that is around us. And godly character refuses to bow in actions. When we go against the guidance of our conscience and we bow to pressure, every time we disregard our conscience, we callous our sensitivity. You know, when I was in college uh, working at, uh, I worked in this granite counter shop and I cut, I stood behind this wall and I cut granite countertops all day in water. And one of the things that you had to do is, is back then we didn't have real sophisticated CNC stuff so I had to grab the edges of the, of the granite and I had to spin it so that I could make another cut. And you know, and so my, my fingers got calloused to, to you know, the edge of that granite. The granite just, you know, just wore down. So now to this day, my wife will be like, hey, can you feel this? Can you feel that, that pimple or that little thing there? Like, Dear God, no, I can't feel that. I can't feel that. You know, it's like, she said, no, it's right here. No, I cannot feel it. <laughs> Why? Because my fingers lost sensitivity. They're calloused. And the same thing is true as a believer. Your conscience is your guide. You're, 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 the, the, the spirit of God dwells on the inside of you. He's living there, and he's, he's trying to guide. He's trying to lead. He's trying to teach. But because we go against that conscience guide, we callous ourselves. We become insensitive. Is that the right word? Insensitive 
to his leading, to his direction, to his voice. And I would encourage you that if you have come to the place where you are not sensitive to his leading, you have to begin again in your life every single day. Man, when he speaks, man, you stop what you are doing and you do whatever it is that he tells you to do. You do not put it off. You write it down. You do, you go and do what it is that he's telling you to do. Because we all want to be led and directed of him. We see people, and we, want to, we aspire to, to that. Guess what? They're living to a different standard. They're living to a character that, that they know is a godly character. And that's why they have what they have. And so in your life, in all of what it is that I said, I, I prayed, you know, because this can kind of be tough. It can be hard, you know, when, when you're challenged in the conforming of your life and you're challenged in, in maybe not speaking right, living right, doing right. It, I just said, God, help me to, to communicate the, your heart. Not, not, not out of anger, not out of resentment. I mean, for me, I love people and I, I, I want them to live in God's fullest. And more than me, your heavenly father loves you beyond measure. He loves you and cares about you. He wants to take you in, 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 in an area that you're struggling, in an area that you've had challenges, in an area that you've lost hope in, in an area that you've given up on. He wants to help you. And I, but I think sometimes it's like, we want a miracle. God, give me a miracle in this area. And he's saying, the miracle is in your action. It, the miracle is what, in what you're, you're doing with what I told you to do. But we gotta open up to that. We say, Lord, help me. Help me to see that. Help me to see what it is. And that's the whole reason for, for these small groups. It's the whole reason for this, this extensive study on character. When we're done, I mean, people are gonna have amazing character and they're never gonna, gonna wanna hear about it again. <laughs> Why? Because I believe that God wants to do some things in people's lives. Amen? Amen. So let's, let's bow our heads and close our eyes because this is the moment. And, and, and if, if we could just have everybody sit tight for just a bit and then we'll, we'll, we'll dismiss. I just want to honor God with, with, with no movement right now because I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit has been speaking to some of your hearts. And it's at this point where you have to, between you and him, you have to say to him, Father, I have conformed. I've conformed in this area or this area or this area or this area. And so with, your, with, with a raise of your hand, not to me, but to God, I, 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 I wanna know if, 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 this has, if the Holy Spirit has spoken to you about this, just say, Lord, that's me. And then you can put it up and you can put it right back down. I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand, awesome. You guys can put them down. I'll tell you what, he wants us to live strong, strong lives like Daniel. And I believe that as we go from here, he will do that. And so we're gonna pray with these that have raised their hands. The other thing I wanna ask is, is if you are far from God and you wanna get back with him or you haven't given your heart to, to Christ, today is the day. I don't know that everybody in here, but I, I don't wanna leave not knowing that everybody has heaven as their home. If you are that person and you wanna raise your hand and say, I need to come back or I need to give my life to him, just raise up your hand and put it right back down. Is there anybody in here? All right. 
Father, we come before you today. I thank you for these, these people, your children, whom you love, who you care for. God, I believe with all of my heart that those that responded today to this idea of conforming, that you've, you have forgiven them. And Father, I know that you've forgiven them and I know that you are going to strengthen them to walk like Daniel and his friends in the day and age that we live in. I th- I'm thankful, Father God, that for those that maybe are, are walking and are not conforming, I thank you that you're strengthening those too. That in these last days, man, we'll be a mirror of Jesus's character in our life. That to those that are around us, to those that, that, that we live and walk and work with, Father God, we will be an example. They will see that there is something different about us. And it will give us an opportunity, Father God, to speak into their lives, to bring them to you, to show them, to, 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 to minister to them. Father, I pray for each and every person that's in here, Lord, that as we go from this place, Father, that they will be people that are strong in what it is that they believe, strong in godly character, being an example to all those that are around them, taking the high road, doing the right thing, living for you and honoring you in all that they do. And I thank you, Father God, for that. The harvest is great. And Father God, you need workers. You need workers. You need workers that have character, integrity. Doing the work, doing the work, moving past the things that have been holding us back and doing the work, doing the work, doing the work. We will be those, Father, that do the work. We will be those that do the work. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yes, honoring you, honoring you with our lives, honoring you in our homes, honoring you in our marriages, honoring you in this church, honoring you in our communities, honoring you, Father, in our schools, honoring you in this region, Father, so that people will be drawn to you because of the way that we live, being an example, being an example. Thank you, Father God. Father, we thank you today for what it is that you've done in our lives. We honor you. We give you all the honor and the glory and the praise for it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Isn't God good?